0: more energized and then we had worship. (laughs) I just want to say thank you to the musicians and thank you to the singers because the presence of God is here. Does anyone feel it? The presence of God is here and I'm just um I'm energized. Are you ready to go on this ride with me because I'm energized. Amen. Um, Church I want to share a word um that God has placed in my heart that I've been working on, putting together. And I want to share that with you this morning. But before I do, please indulge me. I just want to share a story. Um, the story is about, it, it's about me. It's a part of my testimony, really. But I just want to share it because I think it's, um, it's very helpful just to put a picture together for what I'm going to share this morning. So when I was young in the faith, I... Like most people, you know, we're zealous, we have zeal, we have so much energised, we're so energised and, you know, I was going for it, I was going for it for God, you know, I was doing so much and, or I thought I was doing so much and about a few months after being uh, saved, my pastor came to me, my pastor at the time he was under, he came to me and he said, I'd like you to go up and talk in front of the church, go and share a word in front of the church. But he said, Look, pray about it, see how you feel, see what God says. And when he said that to me, I thought, Well, this is what pastors do. They ask you to speak, they ask you to do stuff. And I thought, I didn't really think he was serious. So I kind of fobbed it off. It was in the back of my mind, but I kind of fobbed it off. And then he came to me again a few weeks later. And he said, Have you been thinking and praying about what I said? So I said, mm, yeah, he's, "He's serious here." <laughs> so I actually did. After that, I went and I prayed, um, and I said, "God, why is He asking me to do this? I'm okay, you know, being in Bible study. I'm okay serving on the PA and the things that I was doing. But speaking in front of church, like, I don't know any scripture, or I know a small amount of scripture." You know, these other guys, they're far more well-equipped. They know the word. And and I had all these excuses. And then God, in his love and kindness, he convicted my heart. He said to me, look, you speak, you like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, when God tells you something, one, you know it's true, and two, you can't get around it. And the thing is, if you know me, you know I like to talk. (laughs) And if you don't know me, just ask my wife. (laughs) But the thing is, he convicted my heart, and there was nowhere to go. So lo and behold, I did. I conceded, and I said, God, I'll do it. And I went to my pastor at the time, and I said, I'll do it. So cut a long story short, I did do it. Nerves and stammering, I did do it. And the reason why I want to share this with you is because that was then. That was a number of years ago. And since then, I've spoken in church many times. I've been doing Bible studies and, and, and the like. And the thing is, God knows us. He knows what we can do. He knows what he's put in us. He knows what he's equipped us with. And oftentimes, when it looks out of reach when it looks like something we don't want to do or should we be doing that it's exact thing that we should be doing yeah. and the word that I want to share with you today is just looking at how God knows what you are made for oftentimes before you do and I want to share a piece of scripture that I believe we're all familiar with um, and if we're not um, we're, we're going to hear it now it's a powerful story about uh, a man that also didn't believe what God said about him and lo and behold he too went and was convicted and went and did what God said and it was a wonderful outcome. Um, I'm going to be speaking from Judges today, this is my main scripture. Um, if you turn to Judges 6, it's going to be up on the board as well so if you don't um, have your Bible, um, you're in good hands with our p team as well. Um, so yes, I'll be sharing from Judges, and um, if you want a title for today, those of you who are taking notes, I've simply entitled this message, uh, Who You Are. So Judges 6, I'll read from verse 7, it says these words, it says, And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, Who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hands of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have... But you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to uh, Joash, the Abedzerite, while his son Gideon fresh wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Can we just bow our heads? I just want to pray for our continue. Heavenly Father, Lord of the heaven and the earth, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, that we can come together today, Lord, and I can open up your word and share your word. Lord, as I share your word, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you will lead me. In the spirit, you'll lead me to say exactly what needs to be said for the hearts who are receiving it. Lord, I pray that hearts will be softened to receive revelation from you. You are a good God. You are merciful. You are full of grace. We thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, church, in this scripture, um, we see Israel are in a place, a bit of a backdrop. Israel have done evil in the sight of God, the scripture says. And he's he's given them over to uh, the enemy of God. He's given them over to the Midianites. And they are in bondage to them. Um, they are perpetually being hammered by these guys. It's, it's just not a good look. And Israel cry out to the Lord. They say, Lord, save us now. It's enough. You know. And for those of us who are, uh, know the scripture, we know that this is not the first time this has happened. They're back from where they've come from. They're back now in bondage again. Now they're crying out again. And the Lord comes to help them again. And I found this very interesting that when God wants to do something, he chooses someone to start the thing he wants to do. We see in Egypt, he chose Moses to start the thing he wants to do. And here we see he's come to Gideon to start something that he wants to do. The Lord hears our cries. He hears us. But do we respond? And as we go through this, we're going to see a response from Gideon. Verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. We see in scripture that the Lord ...tells people something about themselves... ...shows them something about themselves... ...before anything's happened... ...before anything has come to pass... ...he says to Gideon... ...you're a mighty man of valor... ...you're a mighty man of strength... ...that word valor is strength, power... ...and Gideon... ...he doesn't believe it... ...he probably thinks... ...oh, the Lord is being kind... (laughs) ...no, no, you laugh... ...but this this is what happens... ...we read the scripture and we think... ...well, Lord, you're being kind... What nice words you've written in your word. It's kind, it's nice. And then we don't understand. She's saying that to us. It's to us the word is written for us. It's written about people, but it's written for us. And often like Gideon, you hear something about you, directly about you. And you think, oh, well, that's kind. That sounds nice. Maybe in another lifetime. You know, maybe... Just maybe. And oftentimes when God says something to us, he'll use someone to share it with us, to confirm it with us. You know, something we've been thinking, something we've been uh, uh, potentially praying about, God will confirm it through someone. In 13, it goes on and it says, Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, um, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Lord, if you're with us, what, what's going on here? Right, this happens. Lord, if you're with me, if you're such a good God, then why am I in trouble? Why is stuff happening? You know, why? why? And we read the scriptures and we say, why is stuff happening? Stuff's happening because we're in this fallen place. Sometimes we turn our head in the wrong direction. That's why stuff happens. But he is with us. Amen. He's still with us. In the midst of things happening, in the midst of us not believing it's going the way that he's set it up to go, he's still with us. And Gideon says this he says, And where are the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Isn't that a thing? We say, well, Lord, if you're here, then where are the miracles? You know, where, where's that job opportunity that I've been praying about? You know, sometimes we're in prayer. It's not, we haven't gone anywhere. Sometimes we're actually in prayer. And we're still questioning. And that's fine, because Gideon questioned, he asked those questions. And the Lord was patient. The Lord is patient. The Lord is long-suffering with us. He, 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 he didn't rebuke uh, Gideon. He listened. He listened. And Gideon even asked, he said, "Look, but now Lord, uh, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands. He thinks that the Lord has forsaken us. sometimes we think the Lord is away from us, but He's not. He's not. We have to look inwards. We have to look inwards and say, Lord. I know you haven't forsaken me. I know you're not away from me. Now show me. Show me, help me. Help me with that gift of faith that you gave me. Help me now to use that. To be that mighty man of valour. To be that thing that, you know, you finish a sentence. It's for you. And verse 14, it says this, it says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in, go in this might of yours. You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? See, the Lord doesn't play around. The Lord isn't into games. You know, Gideon came with all this stuff. You know, and when I was reading this, I was thinking, well, it, it's, um, it's, 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 who has Gideon been listening to because he's got all these things to say about you know, lo, you know the Lord, where are the miracles you know he, he's got all these things to say but did he also was he also thinking about what Egypt has been doing, uh, what Israel has been doing in these times so when I, when I was reading this I was thinking on one hand you know we ask God well God where are all the miracles but what about what we've been doing or not doing Church, I want to say something. We have a role to play in this. Yeah. Miles Moreau says it this way He says, God needs us. God needs us here. God needs men and women of God here. In lighthouse church, in, in the churches out there, he needs men and women of God. It's not a one way thing. It's a two way. This is why we say it's not a religion, it's a relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a relationship. You know, I speak, you speak. A lot of the time it's just us, 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 us. But we need to hear from him. And the Lord says this. He says, look. Then the Lord said to him, go in this might. Just go and do the thing. Stop questioning. Go and do the thing. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Have I not sent you? Am I not with you? Come on, let's stop questioning we can question, but let's stop going on about it. Let's go and be active. That makes me laugh because of... <laughs> Private joke. Um, but let's be, let's be active. We need, no, no, we need to be active. You know, we can, we can question things, but... There's a time when the questioning has to stop. There's a time when we have to say, Lord, these are my questions but you are faithful you are faithful how do I know you're faithful this is the powerful thing about Gideon how can Gideon know he's faithful Gideon could look back we can look back we have the word we have his word we can look back and say okay looks tough now but I've seen you did it here I've seen you did it here and faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God by the word of God So we have the word of God. This is why the word of God is written down in a book. It's been around for centuries and centuries. It's here. It's not in something that could fade away. It's here. We can go and we can build our faith upon the word by hearing the word of God. 15, it says, So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Lord, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. My clan is the weakest. But if you didn't think my clan was the weakest, listen to this, and I am the weakest in my father's house. So that's double whammy, Lord. Come on, let me off the hook now. (laughs) Come on, let me off the hook. I can't, come on, one thing maybe, two, hey, come on. I'm out, tapping out, I'm done. And this is, no, no, because I've been there, you try and tap out. It's going, you know, easy, I've got some good excuses. <laughs> thinking about myself, at the time when my pastor first asked me, I was thinking, you know, what oh, was good, and yes, Lord, you know, I, I, can, I can talk, but come on, I've just said I've got a young baby, you know. Uh, uh, we didn't have a car at the time. It was tough. I've got so many excuses. What if I'm late for church, Lord? What am I going to do? Who's going to talk? They're going to think I'm bad. All these excuses. But the thing is, the thing is, this is what they are. They're just excuses. They are just excuses. You know? And sometimes we have to say, maybe we do have excuses. Maybe they are. I mean, this is not bad. I mean, Gideon, like, the thing is, he's not saying, oftentimes we say things because we know it and we know people know it. Right? So he's saying, look, I'm the weakest. My house is the weakest as well. And I know that because they're making fun of me. (laughs) You know? I was thinking it, but they confirmed it. So it's a good excuse. But we have to... We have to understand that he is with us, excuses or not. And we valid excuses or not. And he says in verse 16, he goes on and he says, And the Lord said to him... And this is what I like here is that we see... You know, we, we laugh, and Gideon did have excuses, you know, and we do too, but but what I like about Gideon is it was a two-way exchange. It's a two-way exchange. And I, 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 I submit to you today is that when we have that two-way exchange, it does increase because, one, our questions do get answered, and even if they don't get answered the way we, we, we want them to, we can be encouraged because we're in a relationship. Like, you know... I, You can be speaking to your friend, your partner, your wife, and and sometimes they don't answer the way you want them to, but it's still your friend, and it's still your wife. Because they've responded, you're in a relationship, you're having a two-way thing going on. Listen, despite what you may hear outside this church, God is not a dictator. He's a loving father. And like any loving father, he wants good for us. So he's open. Let's ask. You know, one, one, uh, one of my coaches says this. He says, most people don't ask and often don't know how to ask good questions. Like, we've got to start by asking questions. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's what I like about what Gideon did. In verse 16, it says, and the Lord said to him, the Lord replies now. And he says, surely I will be with you. This is what happens when we build up our relationship. Then we get to know things about God for ourselves. We get to know. He says, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. What does that say? It says, although it seems like a struggle, when you look, it seems big. The Midianites, how are you going to beat them? You know, you've been oppressed by them for so long. How are you going to, you're not going to beat them. This is what we say. And God says, not only will you beat them, not only will you defeat them, but you defeat them as one man. So easily.'" And we have to understand that what we think is big, you know the rest. It's nothing for God. And that's fine. But it's nothing for him and it will be nothing for us if we trust in him. Because Jesus said that there'll be trials, there'll be tribulations, but I've overcome the world. We put our trust in Him, the one who's overcome the world, that we can have victory. I submit to you that the real victories can never be had without Jesus. The real victories can never be had without Jesus. And those are the victories that we are called to, 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 to win, to be a part of those victories that come from Him. Amen. Amen. Sorry, that was from John 16, Yeah, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. That's important. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. And church, I just want to say, because this is not just an Old Testament example of God saying something before it happens. God saying something about someone before it happens. When we go to the New Testament, we see that God says to Peter, the disciple, he says to him that, I'm going to build my church on you, on the rock. He says to him, in John 1.42, he says, and he brought him to Jesus. And when uh, now now when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated as stone. And then later on, he goes and says to Peter uh, in Matthew sixteen eighteen, he says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, this is so important. And it's a similar picture because we, we know about Peter, right? We know that when Jesus was saying this, he was a far cry from this rock that Jesus was talking about. And we follow the, uh, the, the, the transition, the, the, the growth of Peter. And we see... That he goes on to preach. And thousands are saved. But in that journey, it was up and down. It wasn't just straight. It wasn't done. It wasn't as, as Jesus said, it didn't just happen. It took time. And this is something that we need to be aware of. Things take time. Growth takes time. If someone has said to me, in, in, in nine years, you'll be standing in the church speaking. I probably would have laughed, but being polite, I would have said, oh, maybe. Maybe. But I'm here now, and it didn't just happen. I didn't stand up, and I didn't do. There was growth. It takes patience. And our church, it's taken me a long time. Well, I, I'm not even arrived yet with patience. I need help. I do need help, but he is faithful. What do we know we need help with? We can cry out to him. The children of Israel needed help. You know, what happens sometimes, we get so caught up, and we don't even know what the problem was, but they just cried out. When was the last time you cried out? we can cry out to him. He's our loving father. He loves us. Amen. I'm coming in to close now. And as I close, I just want to share something that I put together um, just to encourage us, actually. Help us um, with who we are. And it's a, it's a mnemonic. Um, and the W in who the W in who is for willing or will is our will align with the will of God are we following the model prayer that we read in Matthew 6 let your will be done Lord let your kingdom come Lord is that where we are our will must be aligned to His will. As my first pastor used to say, he said, "Let's not wrestle with God, because ultimately we're going to lose, and we're going to frustrate ourselves. Let's not wrestle with God." And in the H in who is for hearing Are we hearing from God? I mean this 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 is a big thing this is a sermon all by itself but are we hearing from God? Corinthians 5 and 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. And then Romans 10:17 says so then faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. We must be walking by faith and not by sight. And our faith is going to be increased As we hear the word, as we sit down under our pastor and hear the word of God, under men and women of God and hear the word of God. As we pray and listen and hear the word of God. And the O in who is for obedience. You know, once our will is aligned, once we know we're hearing from God, are we going to be obedient? What I didn't go on and and, and share with you, for for, for, because of time's sake, is what happened. What what the result was from what Gideon did. Gideon was obedient. Gideon went, and he saw the glory of God. He did defeat with his small army, with a small army, a smaller army than he even wanted to go. God said, "No, we're going to go with a small army," and he defeated them. But he was obedient. And as we know, Peter was obedient. Are we going to be obedient? And when, when I say this, church, when, I, when, I, when, I, when, when we're reading these scriptures, it's happened to me before Where you think, wow, we defeated an army. What am I going to do? How am I going to defeat an army? I'm not a soldier. But God isn't always asking us to do that. It's not always these big fights. You know, what are we, what are we doing in our... In our own personal life. When we walk into the workplace, it's not with these big, grand, grandiosious things. And I don't want you to misconstrue what I'm saying and thinking. No, but what are we doing? Are we obedient just to the small things? And you? So the Y in you is for yielded. Are we yielded to Him? The word yielded, it means to give up. Give up what? Give up the control. Like I said, the will, give up our will for his will. And if you want a picture, um, we were praying this morning and <clears throat> Pastor Rama said something so powerful, which is so fitting for this, and I'll paraphrase, but he said, let us not be in the passenger seat. Let us not be even in the back seat. Let us be in the boot with the lid shut. Let us be in that place where He is the driver, where He takes us. Because how many know that where He's taking us is better than what we can even imagine? I promise you. And the O and U is for open. Are we open? To something that doesn't look and sound, how we think it should look and sound. Are we open for a shift, a different direction? To get his will done, are we open to it? Are we just so closed? Because this feels good. It seems good. I always say this thing to my wife. Okay, it may be nice, but is it necessary? Paul says it a different way. He says, all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. Are we open? And the you in you is for undeterred. Once we say, yeah, we, we, you know, we're on the road, we're obedient, we're getting, getting going. Okay, when, when this obstacle comes, are we going to be undeterred? Are we going to go say, Lord, I, I know I need to go despite what I see? what i see is a giant the young the, the, the young boy david wasn't deterred by what he heard he heard these things about this giant but he wasn't deterred why wasn't he deterred because he knew god was with him and he had examples prior examples of god's deliverance of god moving I submit to you that we all have examples of God moving in our lives. I know I do. I know I do. We all have examples that we can call upon to help us even with that mustard seed of faith. And are we available? The A and R is available. Are we available? It's a big deal or are we just too busy for the things of God? We must be available. The R, in, the R in R is for responsible. Are we going to be responsible believers? Are we going to respond with ability? Do we have the, the, the ability to respond well when it's necessary? And finally, the E in, the e in R is for energized. This is a big one. This is a big one. Are we energized? The men and women that I look at in the Bible, when I read, they had one thing, they had this energy about them. Let's get up and go. We read in the Bible what it says about sleep and slumber. Are we energized to get up and go? We need energy. In Matthew 26 41, it says, This is where Jesus was coming up and praying. And he came back to disciples, and he said to them, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And then listen to what he says. He says, why? Because the spirit is willing. He says, the spirit indeed is willing. I need you to catch this. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's not your spirit that wants to sit down and watch Netflix. I promise you, no, 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 no it's not your spirit, it's your flesh we need to get energised for the things of God energised up and going for the things of God yes, we need to get energised so look church, I'm closing now and I just want to say look my hope, my hope is for all of us um, to leave this place today And really just continue inquiring of God, Look. what is it, Lord? What's next? Or what, what, what more can I do in your kingdom? I want your will to come. Because this is what it's about, this is, what, this is why we come together. It's to equip us to go out and share the good news to further his kingdom. So ultimately, church, we must know who you are based on who you, whose you are. His blood was shed for us. He paid a price for us. Now we are in him. So who are you, church, based on whose you are? The blood of the lamb is mighty to save. And it's full of power. Because the power is in only one name. And what's that name? Jesus. What's that name? Jesus. One more time. What's that name? Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening this morning.